Good morning, Broncos country. Today's episode of GMB is a mailbag edition of the show. Broncos country sent in some really good questions, and one of the bigger ones being, has the Broncos culture finally turned the corner? We'll dive deeper into that in today's brand new installment of GMB. Good morning, Broncos country. Welcome into a freshly brewed installment of Good Morning Broncos, your daily weekday show here on Mile High Sports YouTube page. Mile High Sports is every team, every day. You can catch a show, 9 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Friday. In season, we'll have some special episodes once the offseason comes here. We're a little bit of a ways away from that here, but we are the hub for all of your Colorado sports coverage outside of the Denver Broncos. You got the Denver Nuggets coverage with Ryan Blackburn on the Pickaxe and Roll podcast, the Nuggets. Coming off of a tournament win on Tuesday evening against the Los Angeles Clippers, Ryan Blackburn has you covered all a pick-and-roll action coming out of the Nuggets win that keeps him undefeated at home. We also have coverage of Colorado Rocky stuff, Colorado Buffaloes, Colorado Avalanche. You get all that stuff here on Mile High Sports. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter here. And look, Broncos country, good morning. Thank you so much for rocking with us here once again on another special installment of Good Morning Broncos. The week this week is going to be a little wonky for the Broncos, so let's dive into what that schedule is going to look like. Obviously, here on Wednesday, we're used to having practice beginning on Wednesday, right? Because Denver played a Monday night game. They came back Tuesday. Today, the Broncos are off. They'll be back at the team facility on Thursday for practice, which will be there. They'll be back on Friday, and then they play Sunday night football against the Minnesota Vikings, Josh Dobbs, and all of a sudden, that Vikings team has some interesting wrinkles added to the mix there. Dobbs is playing some really good football. They more than likely will get Justin Jefferson back into the mix here. So it's going to be a little bit of a challenge here for Denver coming off of a big-time victory against the Buffalo Bills here. But today's episode of the show is obviously brought to you by our friends over their Superbook Sports. And we got some mailbag questions sent in from Broncos country. I feel like we have to take some time, and we got to an answer here on today's episode of the show. So first and foremost, let's start off with a question that we got sent in from David. David asked the question, probably the more pivotal question that's going to set the theme for the show here today. Has the Broncos culture truly changed and turned around? David, this is a great question, right? Because I feel like it could be multi-layered in a sense. You look at the beginning of the season, Denver start one and five, talk about the culture then, right? It wasn't good in terms of the on-field product, right? And I think overall, this is the point I've, I've always wanted to make. And I'm glad you brought this question up. When we talked about last season, after the Broncos, they fired Nathaniel Hackett, we said, what does the next Broncos head coach need to have? And I think ultimately, the biggest thing was they need to come in and they need to change the on-field culture, right? The Broncos don't have a, have, have never had really an issue inside the culture, inside their locker room at all. The culture issue has been winning the on-field product. And early on in the season, I think everyone's like, well, Sean Payton was brought in to change the winning the." winning or lack thereof culture in Denver. Here they are at one and four, and obviously one and five, and then Denver's obviously rattled off a couple of wins. Now they're sitting at four and five here. So Denver's in a very, very good spot. Um, but, you know, Sean Payton on Tuesday in, in the conference call that we had because they played Monday, so we got to follow up with him on Tuesday morning. You know, he talked about the culture, and he said, look, culture is, is it's just building blocks, these things that you install, and it's just about sticking together, right? Because you're going to go through good times. You're going to go through bad times. How do you handle losing in adversity? How do you handle winning in success? Like a lot of that culture can define. And so for Denver, I think that you talk to players like Alex Singleton. We heard from him on Tuesday on a conference call. And 
he just said, you know, the, the culture in there is that these guys are just, they're, they're tightly knit. This is a team that is together. You know, this is a team that knows that, hey, local media, outside national media, fans, some fans don't believe in them, but they believe in each other inside that locker room. They all believe that they know what type of team that they have. And they just have, they know they can play at the standard in which they've set. And now they've started to do that a little bit. So it's just, I think, it's this belief here. Um, you know, I think the on field product, I think it has started to change, right? I think you are seeing a shift in the culture changing. And, and I've always been a proponent of saying this look, in all my years of playing and all my years of coaching this game, it takes time to implement a culture change. It takes time for, for the pendulum to swing, in a sense, is what I want to say there. And I think these guys have done a tremendous job. And, you know, look, there's been a lot of noise when Denver has, you know, was going on that losing streak. When Denver lost by 50 points and gave up 70 to Miami, you know, it would have been real easy for guys inside that locker room to just mail it in on the season and say, you know what? Like, wow, we just gave up 70 points. We just got embarrassed. This is the worst loss in NFL history. This is the worst performance we've ever had in NFL history. We might as well just give up on the season. The season's done, it's a wash. They could have done that, and it would have been real easy, right? Because when you go through negative things like that, the mind, we're, we're taught in our psyche, obviously, for the most part, it kind of embraces those negative things. And these guys have just stuck together. And I'd have to say that's like one of the biggest testaments to what I've seen from this Denver team. And I think it's good. I think they're changing things. I think it's continually shifting forward. Now, if Denver goes on a run more so even further here this season, I think we can definitely come back to this question maybe like week 16, say, you know what? Yeah, Sean Payton has truly changed the culture. He's changed the culture, but the players have also changed the culture as well. Is it where they want to be just yet? Not yet, but it can be. And I think that's an exciting development to look for to, you know, maybe at the end of the season or maybe even going into next season, if Denver can set the foundation, right? I always think about it this way, right? And, and I, I know people are going to say, well, you're, you know, you're talking about the Detroit Lions from last year. Look at how they started last season, the Detroit Lions, and then look how they finished. And now look at the culture that they have under Dan Campbell with that locker room, with those players. Denver, obviously right now, they look like they're in a very, very similar situation to that. So if you're a Broncos fan, that should be very exciting news here. So thank you so much, David, for your mailbag question here on this morning's installment of Good Morning Broncos. Our next one comes in from George. George asked the questions. What is your opinion on how Russell Wilson has played this season? I can give you many things here, George. I can. And I think I'm going to go a different route in terms of talking about this. I think for Russell Wilson, with all of the drama surrounding last season, how he played, I think it's very evident. Look, Russ obviously had a hand in some of the struggles in 2022 with Nathaniel Hackett. We can all acknowledge that. But to act like it was all Russell Wilson it is asinine. And I know there are a lot of people that still do it. There are some Broncos fans that still believe that it was all Russell Wilson's fault. But if you look at how Russ is playing this year, he's obviously not throwing for as many yards per game, I think, as we were accustomed or we have been accustomed to seeing from him. But he's playing efficient football. That's the most important thing. He's protecting the football, four interceptions on the year. He's tied for third in the NFL in touchdown passes at 18. And the guys above him, he's tied with Kirk Cousins, who's out for the year. Right above him at 19 is Tua Tungo-Vailoa and Josh Allen, two guys that they've already played. Russell Wilson is turning in a hell of a season here, and he's also using his legs a little bit more, I think, to help the Broncos in some key third-down situations. I think overall he's playing more decisive. I think he's playing more clean, more efficient football, and he knows like his ball placement. Like that one to Cortland Sutton on Monday night, unbelievable there. Obviously that one, he had a strike to Jerry Judy on third down in the fourth quarter that was so clutch so critical where he just stood in the pocket fired across the middle of the field 
And you, you see him take those shots from time to time. I like what I've seen from Russell Wilson. And I even made this point on another show that I do talking about, I feel like Russell Wilson deserves to at least be in the conversation for NFL comeback player of the year. And some of the comments I got, well, what is he coming back from folks? Who won the award last year? Geno Smith. What did Geno Smith come back from? Poor play and mediocrity, right? And he obviously had a terrific year for the Seattle Seahawks. I think the idea that people say, well, that's not the spirit of the award. Well, the NFL has set precedent. If Geno Smith can win the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award for how, for being a guy who was a starter who played terribly, so all of a sudden now he's a starter, he's playing great again. Yeah, Russell Wilson can very well be in this conversation. Here's also another thing. Most of the sports books out there, they have Zach Wilson on there. They have Aaron Rodgers on there still, despite his injury, despite he's not going to play another down this season. They got him listed as a comeback player of the year thing, and obviously DeMar Hamlin. And look, I don't want to diminish anything from the DeMar Hamlin situation at all. I am so grateful that DeMar Hamlin made it and survived. Like That was a scary moment. That was truly one of the scariest things I've ever seen covering professional sports here. And the fact that he's able to play football again, gosh, that's such a blessing. I love that for DeMar Hamlin. But DeMar Hamlin's not even playing. Like That's the thing. So... I, I know right now the, the sports books, they have him in terms of the favorite of winning it. I think him being able to play is, is great. It's a blessing. But if we're talking about comeback players, there's someone who's playing, someone who's actively playing. And Damar Hamlin's a game day inactive almost every single week here. So I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I love that he's okay. I love that he gets to do what you know, he's worked his whole life for. But comeback player of the year. I don't know about that in terms of that light, but if that's the same thing, like we got to look at John Mechie, the third, who obviously, you know, made a recovery from leukemia and was able to come back and play. Like he should also be in consideration for that if we're talking about that. So in terms of play, in terms of improvement, I think that Russell Wilson obviously is a guy who deserves to be in the conversation. At least he's having a good year. The Broncos are now starting to win games. You look back at the schedule early on in week one, you look at it in week two, those two losses, gosh, and it stings a little bit because Denver at the point, they're six and three. At this juncture, and the conversations we're having and the optics of this team are entirely different. But now Denver's going on a run, and so I think they're getting some good consideration here going forward. Broncos country, we have some more mailbag questions coming your way on today's episode of GMB. Real quick, let me tell you about our friends over there at Superbook Sports. Refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you don't want to miss the refer a friend bonus. All you need to do is click on the refer a friend link under your profile in the Superbook app, share the promo code with friends, and you will get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your code. So win money wagering and win money referring this season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Nuggets fans. Ryan Blackburn here, host of the Pickaxe and Roll podcast on Mile High Sports. We've got the best Denver Nuggets coverage around, so make sure not to miss an episode and subscribe down below to the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Nuggets off to a great start. Make sure not to miss a thing on Mile High Sports. Shout out to my guy, Ryan Blackburn, on the Pickaxe and Roll podcast. Make sure you check out last night's episode after the Denver Nuggets tournament win against the Los Angeles Clippers. No Jamal Murray still. He's going to be out for quite some time, but you have Reggie Jackson stepping up, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic, a near triple-double. Ryan has you covered with all the action you need to know for the Nuggets win on Tuesday evening. Check it out, the Pickaxe and Roll podcast here. Let's continue on with our mailbag series here, getting questions in. We got one from Jim. Jim asked the question, which players could you see the Broncos extending later this season or this offseason? This is a great question because, look, Denver's, Denver's going to have to make some decisions. You need to look at some of the upcoming free agents. 
Denver's going to have to decide on you know who they want to bring back, who they don't want to bring back. There's several players I think that they should bring back. Who we'll obviously dive deep into that on another episode here as the season kind of dwindles down here. But in terms of players, I think that Denver should maybe extend or look at extending here in season. I think Lloyd Cushenberry has been playing fantastic at the center position here for the Broncos this year, has taken a drastic step forward and improvement, hasn't had really any issues at all, has barely allowed any pressures in the middle, which is fantastic considering the history in which the Broncos offense has struggled. Lloyd is one of those guys there. I think Cortland Sutton, you can make an argument for him as well here. And I know some people are like, what? Well, he was just linked to trade rumors here. I don't think that Sean Payton wants to trade away a guy like Cortland Sutton. He values his size. He values his ability, his consistency. Look, and I know there's going to be some fans that you know, hear this or watch this and are going to say, well, he fumbled the ball on Monday Night Football. I mean, Cortland's a guy who's just trying to make a play, right? And look, I think if we go back to that play specifically, it's part of that rule where you, you catch it and you have to reestablish whatever it may be. But Russ could have delivered a better throw to him there. It wasn't so low where he could have secured it there. Yeah, obviously, ball security is paramount in the NFL. But look, I think if we're going to nitpick, you know, Cortland Sutton's got seven touchdowns on the year. And the plays where he has fumbled, he's trying to do a little too much, trying to make an extra effort to make the play. But you know what I saw from Cortland, though, that really stood out to me in a way was he fumbled the ball, right? And then on the next series, when he got the ball again, he, he protected it and he secured it. He tucked that nose of the ball in and he... He did whatever he could to try to make some plays happen. So he didn't let the fumble get to him. It didn't get in his head at all. And obviously, he had a terrific game for the Broncos. And obviously, he's had a, a touchdown in four straight games here for Denver. So seven touchdowns on the year. Cortland Sutton, in my opinion, is a very, very valuable piece here to this offense and for what Sean Payton wants to do going forward. And then I'd, I'd even throw in Justin Simmons as a guy that Denver should probably look at extending here. I think if you do come up with maybe a contract extension, then you can obviously make some of the future salary cap implications. You know, the cap hits a little bit lower going forward. I'm not going to pretend to be a salary cap guru. But all I know is that, hey, if Denver extends him, it'll help the Broncos free up some salary cap space as well going forward. So those are some players I feel like that should be the case with here. I think that's a great question, Jim. I think once we get toward the end of the season, we'll take a look at some potential. Okay, who are some unrestricted free agents the Broncos have that their contract is expiring after this year? Who should they bring back? Who should they not bring back? We'll look at all that here on GMB. So I think that's a fantastic question. Our next one and our final one comes in here. How do you feel about the Broncos' chances in the final stretch of games? This one comes in from Kyle. This is a great question here, Kyle, because uh, you know you look at the schedule. I think where, where Denver's at, they have some favorability coming into, I think, where they want to be, right? Obviously, a Sunday night game this week against the Minnesota Vikings, who, look, they they have an aggressive defense led by Brian Flores, but you know Josh Dobbs obviously playing some really good football for them at quarterback right now. Justin Jefferson more than likely coming back into the mix. You look at, obviously, um, Addison, the wide receiver. They've got, obviously, Powell, another wide out target, TJ Hawkinson, who's obviously very, very talented. Denver's going to have their hands full this Sunday, but you know, let's say Denver wins this game on Sunday night football. Okay. Well then the next week, the Cleveland Browns will come to town for an afternoon showdown and that's a winnable game in Denver. And then they go on the road to take on the Houston Texans, which look Houston, CJ Stroud. Those guys are playing fantastic right now. Their defense is pretty solid. They have a good running back in Damian Pierce. Nico Collins is playing pretty well for them right now, but Denver's also got a chance, I think, to fluster a young quarterback a little bit. I think defensively with how they've been playing, I like where Denver maybe has a chance there. Denver could go on a chance to win three games in a row here. And then let's not even talk about the Chargers game. The Chargers are always a team that Denver, you know, has always split a season series with and has always kind of had their number in a sense. I think Denver could go on the road and beat the Chargers. And then I think the tough matchup will be Denver. And this could be a Saturday game. This could be a Sunday game. This is Denver going on and taking on the Detroit Lions 
in Detroit in a few weeks. That's going to be a tough one regardless. And then obviously Denver will have a Christmas Eve game against the New England Patriots, which the Patriots are they're kind of, I think, punting the football on the season here. Obviously, they're at the bottom of the barrel in terms of the NFL right now. That's a winnable game for Denver. And then Denver will host the Chargers. And then they'll go on the road January 7th, potentially, to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. That time or game could change in terms of that. It's TBD. It could be flexed into something if there's some big stakes on the line there. But I would say Denver's second half stretch of the schedule look there's some tough games there but denver's got a chance i think to win they can they have a chance to win i think a majority of their games left and i think if they could do that if they can beat the vikings the browns the texans the chargers the patriots and one of those games too against the chargers or the raiders i think they'll very well be in the playoff conversation here which you know if they miss out on the playoffs by one game i think we're all going to look back to week one and week two and even that week five game against the jets say man like Denver had it like you look back on that and they missed out, and those are things you can build off of, though. But I think for me, the second half stretch of the schedule, I think, is very favorable for what Denver can do. Is if they continue to stay healthy, they continue to play the defensive level that they've been playing. I like the Broncos' chances very, very much at making a second half run and maybe creeping into one of those final wild card spots here. But Broncos country, thank you so much for your mailbag questions. We'll do it every single week following a Broncos game, whether they win, whether they lose. We always want your questions here on GMB. You can always send them in Cody at milehighsports.com. You can always send them in on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. We're also on threads at Cody Work NFL. It's popping over there in terms of the NFL community. So if you're not on the threads train, you better get on it. I don't like to deal with so much of the toxicity of Twitter, but it is what it is. Appreciate you so much for rocking with me here this morning, Broncos country. We'll see you next time for another episode of GMB tomorrow morning. What's up, guys? Kim Becker here with Mile High Sports. Make sure you guys are following us on social media so that you never miss a Mile High Sports daily. Monday through Friday morning, we'll post a video hosted by me catching you up on everything you need to know when it comes to sports right here in the Mile High State. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're there, and we've got you covered for everything Colorado Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.